Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Yes, welcome to Retro Anatomy of a Movie. There is no James Bond movie until November. <laughs> Thanks. The one enemy that even Bond can't defeat, the coronavirus, has sidelined 007. So even though there'll be no time to die, or unfortunately time to die, the uh, we will still be talking today about the first James Bond film, Dr. No, which conveniently none of us have seen. Hello, and as I said, welcome to Retro Anatomy of a Movie. I'm Platt, Christian Platt. <laughs> Thank you. That was great. That's all that I thought about. Amazing. That's all I thought about is how I was going to start the show. But uh, I'll, I'll let each of you choose whether or not you want to uh, I'm follow Bond girl number one. She's Bond girl number two. I'm writer. <laughs> yeah. Honey writer. Honey okay. writer, yeah. Um, no, my name is Alexa Capiello. And I'm Goodman, Rachel Goodman. Yeah, so you're the only one who didn't do it. <laughs> I did She's it. She's a special. Capiello, Alexa so, Capiello. Uh, I have seen many James Bond movies, uh, a few of the Sean Connerys, but uh, when I was a kid, Roger Moore was James Bond, so that's all I knew for a, a while there. It was just Pierce just Brosnan a, is my James sure, Bond. Sure, yeah. yeah. Me too. I mean, uh, you know, and somewhere somebody is like a Timothy Dalton guy. Yeah. I, I mean, they have to be out there. There is somebody. Yeah. yeah. I, I like him in pretty much everything he's done that isn't James Bond. But anyway, uh, overall thoughts on Dr. No. I'm going to go first to Rachel because she is exploding. She, with she brought props. Yeah. I brought, She's like very so, prepared. This was the okay. This is Casino Royale. This is the first James Bond mm-hmm. book. I bought it because it is the only physical James Bond book I own. My other book I own is the Doctor No sixth James Bond book, which is my ebook. So I brought it in to showcase that for everybody. Yes. Uh, my overall thoughts, though, I watched the movie first. Yes. Then I read the book. Um, the movie was amazing. I absolutely loved the shot we get with James Bond playing solitaire. That was my take on that. <laughs> All I'm gonna say on the. Book book though there's gonna be more later but i just i have to say this now the way that the book ends um it ends like you're reading a romance novel that is and it's worse than the movie it's oh. it's in a different is it way very descriptive oh it is descriptive oh. i'm i'll wait till the no, segment yeah, no, and i'll talk more about that's it a, but a great way to tease it forward yeah uh, Overall thoughts from you, Happy Capiello. So, um, I didn't really grow up with the uh, James Bond movies. I was more of a, uh, my dad was more of a Pink Panther fan. Oh, those are good too. (laughs) Those are great movies. Uh, But in terms of, you know, spy movies and all that. Uh, So, James Bond movies, I've seen uh, here and there. I mostly watched the Pierce Brosnan versions uh, because I was old enough to really understand. So, this was my first uh, encounter with uh, Sean Connery as Bond. Mm. James Bond. So this yeah. is the first time you've ever seen him with his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was very impressed with uh, Mr. Connery. Look, in 1962, uh, men with their shirt off weren't always in shape. Let's just put no. it that way. You know? so, <laughs> Brian Song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked last week about Brian. And that's 1971. Yeah. And uh, James Conn could not put his, uh, you know, could put it, could not put his shirt on fast enough for me. It was very disturbing, actually. I don't ever want to see Jimmy Conn with his shirt off again. And anything, but uh, so yeah. I Wait, thought, I didn't finish. I thought you did. 
just said that I was impressed with Sean. Yeah. No, but I liked it. I liked it overall. Uh, I don't think it's my favorite James Bond movie. I, I my issues with it are that are that the plot in in all of these, not just this one, just felt very convoluted. I'm like, all right, let's get to the action, but that's just yeah, that's just a James Bond. Movie. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was fun. I've had a lot more fun with James Bond movies. You have to, of course, look at this in the way this is going to be the first time that anybody sees yeah. any of this. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, you sort of grade on a curve in that respect. But uh, there were definitely a few things that surprised me. Uh, The biggest thing that I thought surprised me was that we don't hear about Dr. No for like the first 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we don't meet him. So I I put this note. We meet him at the 87-minute mark. There are only 20 minutes left in the movie. I know. And we finally meet Dr. No. Finally. Which is very different. I would assume it's very Very different. different. That's different from any Bond movie that I can remember. You know, you don't meet him right away. That would be ridiculous. But the fact that we wait so long, we don't get that much of him. Uh, So I was definitely a little bit uh, surprised uh, Mm. that that's when we got him. But, you know, I mean... It's just more like, okay, I mean, I think there's a lot more you could have done. And yes, we see him, we hear him off camera, but we don't really meet him. Yeah. So did you guys catch, I mean, obviously the Austin Powers series are spoofing off of these. And so... That's the whole time I thought about Austin Powers. The whole time I was like sharks with freaking laser beams, yeah. and Doctor No looks and, and Doctor uh, No is dressed. Identical. He's dressed like yeah. Doctor Evil. Yeah, Doctor Evil. And at Dr. one point, Doctor No, he he does come in and tell James one million dollars. <laughs> the, the cost. Yeah, so the cost many of, yeah. parallels. Yeah, exactly. which I thought was amazing to pick out. You yeah, know? the moment when they're on the con- I'm going to call it a conveyor belt when they're getting washed. Yes, I'm like, okay, this is Austin coming out of cryogenics. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I'm like, wow. the, the decontamination unit yeah. is what you're talking about. I was waiting for them to have to pee. <laughs> well, somewhere, yeah. And then it just be a continuous thing where they don't stop. Yeah. I was waiting for him to mention his mojo, personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's uh, it's. I, I look, there's little there things we go. that you can yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. or call himself a man of mystery. Yeah, I was there, waiting for it all. There's little things that you can you can take from a lot of Bond films, but yeah, there were there was a lot in this one that you that you can see. I was in uh, Austin shocked um, that um, Doctor No was not just completely. Uh, Chinese, and then on top of that, uh, they actually cast a uh, just a, a white guy in yeah. the role, and mm-hmm. they ma- did makeup to make him look more uh, well less half Asian. Let's remember and this that is the time, but at this the is same the, the time, example this, I always not, use that would not have held up. Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, yeah, Mickey Rooney Mickey plays Rooney. an Asian guy, <laughs> uh, and and, and also a- you know just another great example, the Orson Welles classic, uh, Charlton Heston plays a. Mexican. How about Leonard Nimoy playing a Native American on Rawhide? Yeah. 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 Same time period. Well, so, yeah. And they had to yeah. hide the pointy ears. Yeah. So that yeah. was part of the problem. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, uh, look, there's there's a lot of fun in here and we'll kind of go through some of uh, some of the specifics of it. Again, it's the, it's the first film in the series. I think they do a great job setting up Bond. They do make us wait for him. Uh, I did think that 
the the title sequence where we hear the theme for the first time they did a good job sort of like showing that now ryan in the booth was referring to whether or not there was like a song because a lot of the more recent i mean you, you know all oh, of yes, the, there's all, always another all the song. roger all of the roger moore ones from then on madonna did one there, there's yeah. like <laughs> Die another day there, yes. yeah uh, a View to a Kill by Duran Duran, which is, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats. Adele did one. Adele. Yeah. That was my favorite one. <laughs> and yeah, the one that we're Adele. going to get in the movie that'll be in November is Billie Eilish. So yeah. oh, apparently okay. she's going to whisper a James Bond song. I think it's out already because I think I've yeah, heard no, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. the movie yeah. was supposed to come yeah. out. So they released the song and we'll, we'll all forget it by the time that it uh, comes out. Chris Cornell, I think, did Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that... Uh, but this being the first one, you're like, ah, oh, there's that theme that uh, we're able to think back Dun- on. And see, that's what impressed me is this idea we see James Bond and we're like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, that's just the yeah. theme. That, sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to hit you. Um, that's just the theme. That's just what they do. They do variations of the same theme song. But that's what first. impressed me is that this was the very first time. And yes, they're adapting it from a book, but there's no musical score in a book. So they created this theme song that has now caught on for generations. And the whole opening sequence as yeah. well that as has appeared a, in every single James Bond movie. And a, different variations, but same yeah. same sort of looking through a gun barrel at James Bond, him shooting and all that stuff. I mean, I just there's it's so iconic. And uh, the reason I mean, they decided to do James Bond as a series of movies and I I think that that was so uh, smart of them to do and on top of that make this uh, through line with a the song, B James Bond in different situations and see the opening sequence um, that just made it what it is today and which is an iconic. What I appreciate too is not only did they open with that shape, but there were multiple moments where they had passageways that were also shaped like the barrel. Mm-hmm. So they had a callback to that. And even in the lighting and the way that they had certain um, like sets, it called back to this idea of somebody being in like a circular object. Oh, cool. So I was loving that. Um, I was I did very much appreciate what they did with the scenery in Jamaica. But I think that what I loved the most was were the scenes that we saw in Dr. No's headquarters. Mm-hmm. where we got to see the darkness and we got to see the extravagance too, but the dark in the sense that we got the contrast between the light coming through some of the very tiny windows against the dark. Yeah. Um, and that moment where we see, um, where we see, I believe his name was Dent. Um, the professor. Yeah, the yes. professor yes, who is not in the book, um, but where we see him go and we just hear Dr. No's voice. That was probably one of my favorite scenes next to the moment at Tarot's house. And it's pretty amazing what they did on the budget they had. They had a million dollars budget. You, you didn't say it right. A million dollars. I did read that. I was shocked. Shocked. Uh, Uh, They did most of it in uh, sound stages. Of course, they did film uh, a little bit in Jamaica as well. But uh, a lot of my notes or what I found about it were like how they overcame the really crappy budget that they had. Uh, One being, so everyone knows the iconic uh, scene with the the fish. You know, Dr. No is is talking about the fish. And, of course, uh, uh, James Bond references them as well. and, And that's where we got... Sharks with freaking laser freaking beams lasers, coming yeah. out of their foreheads. Uh, but they had such a low budget that it wasn't a real aquarium in Dr. No's apartment. It was a disaster. They said they had so little money. We decided to use a rear projection screen and get some stock footage of fish. 
<laughs> and they weren't they weren't even large fish. They were like tiny fish. So they just zoomed in. Yes. That's fantastic. Look, it didn't it didn't look terrible. Right, you know? but then I mean, Bond has a line saying, like, oh, the fish, they look magnified. It's literally, he just has to acknowledge the fact that they had such little money, yeah. and that was what they can do. But, that goldfish is the size of a whale. Right, yeah. and she mentioned set design as well. Um, Dr. No's sets, or the, the the furniture, excuse me, and his... his uh, how, what, what do you call it? Underground and ground layer. Yeah, uh, they were both um, contemporary and antiques because they just didn't have a lot of budget. And they're like, we'll just it. throw both in there because he's kind of a contemporary antique kind of man, and that looks rich. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Look, I, look, he's a you know, anytime anybody's a criminal mastermind or any kind of evil genius, you're able to just assume there's some eccentricities. They also had know? Goya's perch, uh, portrait of the Duke of Wellington, yeah. which was missing at the time, so they they thought it would be funny to, to put it in the movie. Uh, That's so, a great idea. Yeah, Look and they did. Uh, you know, <laughs> suggesting that Dr. Noel had stolen it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, somebody steals it off of their set. <laughs> ah, that's even yeah. better. <laughs> and it's crazy because, I mean, they really... I looked that up, too, yeah. because when they honed, when they zoomed in on that portrait yeah. and, and didn't explain it, I was like, that's gotta be something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, right in the notes, Duke of Wellington and... <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. Well, the one of the interesting things about this is that this is not the first time that uh, everyone meets Sean Connery. He had largely been a television actor. Uh, he had previously starred in a, a film that it's right about the time for Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And if you've never seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People, you're missing out for one very important reason. He sings in that movie. I assume it's lip synced. He does sing in it. And he interacts with a bunch of leprechauns, which I think is a term I can still use in 2020, but please let me know if we're not allowed to call them leprechauns. I don't even know. Why? Because they're tiny Irishmen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. That, I don't even know what ethnicity they are. Don't ask me. I'm going to stay out of it. Trying to get me in trouble? I don't know what they are. I just, could, I just leprechauns are Irish. That's what you say. All right? Uh, but uh, so say. I do think that, you know, mass audiences were probably finding him for the first time. And so I think that makes that reveal that we referenced. You know, I, I like that he's playing cards and we don't see him. As soon as we do, it's like, hey, we do have this awesome theme. Let's go ahead and use it here. You yeah. know, I thought that was great. So my thing is is that he, you know, with his accent, obviously James Bond is supposed to be British. So mm-hmm. my thing is, going into this, um, I was like, okay, I want, I'm just, it had been a while since I had seen a Sean Connery Bond movie. So yeah. I was like, okay, how is he going to sound? To me, you could not tell that it, he had a Scottish accent. No, not at all. Very rare. Like, there were some couple of words. I was like, okay. I definitely think he played into the British element of the character. Yeah. Um, and also, you referenced, you kind of went back again to the scene where he's playing solitaire. Um, well, I'm talking the, about when he's in the card game. Oh, uh, oh in the, the beginning. beginning. But yes, I, do, I did like the, I, it's yeah. funny that you referenced it. I'm like, well, what else is he going to do to pass the time? Sure, he's going to play solitaire. That was my other favorite scene was when he was in Taro's house yeah. and she had, he had you know kicked her out and he's waiting and he's literally just playing solitaire but like the dark lighting 
and the fact that um, we, you know, we have Dent who comes running in, kills the pillow, yeah. and then he aims the silencer at Bond, and Bond knows that he already used his six shots, yeah. so he's not going to get him. Um, also, the whole thing in the beginning about the Beretta and how they had forced Bond to get rid of his Beretta yeah. and go with a Walther, uh, that was something that you hear more about from the books, and they have a bigger explanation as to why, but I did find it interesting. That was my one note on the movie, though, was that they mentioned, M mentions the Beretta in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and it never, there's never, you see Bond using the guns, but it never comes back in through dialogue. No, I was expecting that being set Me up too. for a reason. It uh, is and more in, in the, the books. Book, and, and I yes. don't know why you include it if you're going to cut any, any other reference to it. But the things that we learn in him talking about it is that he's been using it for 10 years. So that's how you get a sense for how long, you know, he's, uh, we assume that's how long he's been a, a, a double O agent. Uh, and then also there apparently the last time he used it, it jammed and he ended up yeah. in the hospital. So it's like, there's a reason for it. Now, is that an ad- adventure that actually happened? Was yes. There, so that is an is. Fleming novel. And I can Would, get... Do you know which one that is? Um, I, okay, so this is what I'm going to assume. I have yeah. not read the fifth book. Right. The way it they set it up... would make sense that it would be the in, fifth one. Yeah, so what... Ha- can I... Like, I'm just going to no, talk we'll a talk, little we'll bit. No, we'll talk about the book as a whole, but yeah, if you have a point, sure. Yeah. yeah no I, reason to not bring it up. Yeah, now. I'm just going to mention this now. In the book, basically, they explain the whole thing. It's in... I'm presuming the fifth book, James was um, attacked by a Russian spy, and they actually injected him with a drug and this is what happened the reason why they were able to do this is because he he went to shoot the beretta and he made a mistake and it it didn't go off the right way Mm. and he and that's why they were able to drug him and so he was he basically had to spend a good three months in the hospital because of this and at the beginning of the book kind of like the movie that's why em is saying you can't use this gun anymore. anymore in the book they actually dive deeper and say that it's bond's punishment and it's interesting that they're referencing it. It's almost they're like using the movie to sell books, which is such a quaint <laughs> idea. You know, it's from 60 years ago. It's like, well, if you like movies, maybe you know how to read too, you know? Uh, so it, it's it's sort of like, I know you're saying that it's different, but it is sort of dealing with the, the, the well, mythology of the character from the books. And it also, like, I just feel like the book was, um, it, like, further reading. You can actually get more into the character. and That's what, what I was going to ask. In terms of, like, who James Bond is, as a character, do you get a better sense of who he is? Because with yeah. with every James Bond movie that comes out, with every guy or actor, excuse me, that we we see that they're plays all guys. James, it's okay. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, I would love to see a female uh, James Bond. That would be fun. Uh, but that would be fun. Each each uh, actor that plays him brings a different aspect of usually themselves to the role. And I'm wondering if there's a sort of through line as to who he is as a person that. You could talk more about because I'm interested to know yeah, like, sure. who he is in the book. And Alexa's is basically saying, "I'm never going to read the book. I'm so never going to read me. the book. Yeah. So you tell me. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> and everyone he, else, he is not okay. So in the movie, you know how he slept with Taro and he flirted with M's secretary. Yes, and like then he's he just a womanizer. It's, so it's in my notes. Yeah. In in the book. There's only one person he flirts with, and that would be Honey. Okay, and, he's, oh. and that so is, and less, of a, not, less of a hoe. Yeah, oh. like he'll notice if a woman is attractive, mm-hmm. but he is not this like you know he's not this sex icon. Like he's what? more of just a, a like a. Yeah, he's more of just an international spy. What what I like is, uh, I I just think it's a great character trait. You know, you were referencing uh, Taro after he kicks her out of her house. That, look, 
there's n- nobody can do a one night stand the way that James Bond does <laughs> because a lot of people, male or female, will sneak out. Yeah. He's just I'm going to throw you out of I'm your own house. Gonna throw I'm literally going to throw you out. I'm going to stay, but you're out. And yeah, I know it's your house, but I'm going to stay here. And it's just like, yeah, only James Bond can get away with that. I thought uh, it was interesting, and yeah, it, it's very apparent from just those first few minutes. It's like, man, he's. He's very, very close talking Money Penny, and he he has a great line that uh, really stood out. It's just like, "Why don't you ever take me to dinner?" And he's just like, "Well, if I did, I'd be uh, I, I'd be arrested for treason for abusing government property." Yeah. And it's just like, "Oh my God, there's so many things wrong with that line now." But in 1962, you're like, oh, "He's so smart." Is yeah. he cold and calculating, or is he more of like a, a renegade, you know, rogue kind of? So okay, this is how I would say. From the book, he is very um, like he doesn't. He is he is kind of cold. He does not um, talk. He doesn't really tell you what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Though there are moments with Doctor No and with the other people he meets that he does get worked up, mm-hmm. and I think so it's he has noticeable. A he does have a okay. temper uh, at times, but mm-hmm. then other times he doesn't say anything. He's also very compassionate. And he really, like, with Honey, and I can talk more about this when we, when we get to the section, yeah, sure. but with Honey, he is very caring toward her. Aww. Yeah, it was very sweet. Wow. It, it read like a romance, to be honest. I mean, she shows up in a bikini with a knife, you know? I mean, what's not <laughs> well, to love? In the shows. book, in the book, she was nude. <laughs> well, there you yeah. go. Uh, so let's actually talk about some of the rest of the cast. Uh, I was very excited to see uh, Jack Lord, uh, McGarrett from Hawaii Five-0, obviously the original Hawaii Five-0. I thought uh, that was – I didn't actually realize he was in this. So uh, – and he uh, is uh, – wait, that character's name is Felix because it's the same name as my son, but now I, I've forgotten what his uh, last name is. Oh, is Leiter? Yeah, Felix Leiter. Yeah, Yeah, the you. American. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, that was great to see. And uh, I thought uh, – Ursula Andres as uh, as as Honey does a great job. Her voice she, is, of course, dubbed. Of course, she's yeah. a, she's a she's Swedish. Swedish Swedish actress. Yes. Do you want to know what I found especially hilarious though? Is that she showed up in it was the 1967 Casino Royale spoof of James Bond, right. yeah. which until the Daniel Craig one was the only filmed version of Casino Royale. But yeah. it was yeah, that's that's like non-canon, not real James Bond. No. It's like the spoof. Though yeah. the character is named James Bond in it, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's still James Bond. It's but, basically just a major spoof on yeah, yeah. everything. So she, she's actually in that. She I did not is realize in it. that. Yeah. yeah. She was cast based on looks alone. I know. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> For a Bond girl, right? Yeah. Just uh, shocking. Apparently somebody else was, uh, Julia, Julie Christie, excuse me, was considered, but discarded as, <laughs> discarded yeah. I mean, as is, producers. That is, that is kind of what Bond does. You as, just sort of discard yeah, them. Yeah. As yeah. the producers felt that she was not voluptuous enough. And of course, wow. Bringing up the picture of her in the bikini. Well, I mean, this is this is honestly uh, the, one of the most iconic images in all of Bond history yeah. films. I mean, I had certainly seen this this image before. Um, uh, that yeah. bikini <laughs> went for oh goodness, I can't forget. Okay, here it went for it sold in two thousand one at an auction for sixty one thousand dollars and sixty one thousand dollars. Did basically. they include the the knife or is it just the bikini? 
just the bikini, I think. Wow. And it's what inspired, I think, a change in uh, women's uh, swimsuits because they hadn't really had a lot of bikinis back in 1962. It wasn't wasn't a a style staple. And then she wore it on TV, and then all of a sudden, women's fashion changed because of that bikini. So, thank you, Ursula Andress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me personally. (laughs) From a woman's woman's perspective, I really appreciate that she's not, you know, what you think in your brain is like the perfect woman. Like, she's got those curves. Like, she's really, she's beautiful, of course, but she's not picture perfect and well, I really a, appreciate it. It's a very it. different standard for yeah. the definition of Of course, it's back in the 1960s. Mar- Marilyn Monroe wouldn't get a callback today. I know. Yeah. So, Never. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Especially it's, with the twiggies in the world <laughs> with the 60s. Yes. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, so when we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the rest of the cast, uh, I thought that uh, it, it's interesting. I think they did a good job. Look, setting this story in Jamaica, I I, I did wonder. I'm like, how 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 is him interacting with the locals going to go? But uh, I thought that they they did a good job. Look, it could have been problematic. I think he, some of his approach towards uh, women. It's the flirting and then the women who show up in his room and want to be there, that's fine. The flirting with Money Penny, I'm like, oh, is this going to be like every woman that he meets? Literally every single woman mm-hmm. yeah. who's and, attractive. Right. And just she's the only one. Who, she's the, well, yeah. I mean, fine. So if, if, you're not attract, woman, if you're not no. attractive, he doesn't even see you. Exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. Not, you don't yeah. exist. Yeah. Well, and the thing, too, is that I'm surprised in 62 that they would be able to show a scene like that with Taro where they wait, like he goes and he starts kissing her and and then the next frame over, he's like naked in bed. And it's implied that they slept together. I'm assuming this was probably one of the most risque things you could yes. see at the movies at the time. Yep. Well, and if you think about sort of it, during the the title sequence, there's the silhouette like go go dancing. I, yeah. I was I remember watching that and I'm like oh, this was probably really racy at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like look at the way that she's moving. So yeah, I think that uh, this <laughs> Don't bring this, your kids. The, yeah, the whole thing is probably you know I mean you got you got the bikini and. Uh, let's see. Does he does he sleep with three women in this movie, or am I missing someone? Uh, well, I guess there's we, the the woman who shows up at, in his hotel room, you know, just wearing a shirt and playing golf. Yeah, Sylvia. Uh, yeah, so it, so that's one. Sylvia, and then Taro. <laughs> Taro, and uh, obviously, eventually, eventually, Honey. honey. So yeah, but that's it, though. That's it. I mean, he flirted. It's with It's an Ems. hour and forty nine minutes. Come on, James. But, but there's flirt. other women in <laughs> no, the movie. In in the book, there's one. <laughs> there's one woman, and that's the thing is that I I, I, I don't am, think I like literary James Bond. I like movie I, James Bond. I appreciate literary James. Bond so much better. I'm sorry, Sean Connery, but the literary well, version was way cooler. This is a great moment to transition to literary James Bond. Oh my gosh, Bond. I We're can't not going to spend the whole rest of the show on it, but I know you have so many things. And the fact that you read a 260 page book just last night, I'm just in awe of. That's crazy. Yeah. I couldn't even finish the movie last night. I was like, <laughs> and then I had to how, do it this morning. That's how good the book was, though. Yeah. It went oh, by. Cool. Okay, now. I'm going to start with um, everything with Honey because sure. we've been talking a lot about her. The first thing I want to say is that in the book, Honey has a broken nose. And so this whole thing, remember when she's collecting sh- seashells in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing it for a purpose. In the book, she's doing it because <laughs> I'm laughing because it's kind of funny. She's doing it because she needs money to go to America to buy the surgery to fix her nose. And in the end, 
literary James Bond says, honey, I love your nose the way it is. Please don't get the surgery. Oh, oh, what what a so He is so protective of her, and he only sleeps with her, and he doesn't do it until the end. And what, okay, now here's the, this part made me laugh. The last chapter is called Slave Time. Whoa! Slave Time! <laughs> and it's, yeah, you can take a guess as to why. So it's, it's very... Uh, um, it... Okay, so, so they're I, not they're not in like a rowboat at that point. Oh well, they were in a rowboat, but then its ending is different because they don't end in the rowboat. They oh, okay. end up somewhere else in like an actual house. And the thing that made me laugh is that so I am I write crime and I also write romance, two different pen names. I felt like I was reading a romance novel. Actually, let me specify. I felt like I was reading an erotica novel. So they just go into it. They go into it, and literally the last... I'm just going to read the last two lines. Or last three lines. You owe me slave time, but... Last line, do as you're told. That is the Ooh. last line of this novel. You owe me slave time. Yeah, and the wow. page before, it got graphic. And I'm like, wow, because this book was written in the 50s. Yeah, 1958, I think. Yeah, 58, yeah, yeah by Ian Fleming. There is now an award based on him, based on his work. Um, this, yeah, so he his writing is amazing. Have you way. read other Bond books? I mean, I know you have Casino Royale. I've read this one, too, Does, Casino Royale. So that's the only other one you have, but is... is, is does it have like descriptive like sex scenes like that one or just as far as you know the two you've read the, I was okay. my mouth was open with this one I was like what is going on yeah. because it wasn't and I've, I read a lot of crime and this was just like wow I did not expect that so that's just to kind of her name's also longer right it's not just honey it's Rider. honey child honey child Rider. but yeah. in the credits for the movie it does say honey child oh, it does. so I think that they just didn't put it in the dialogue yeah. um, okay a couple more things and then we'll I'll yeah. be done um, they spend more time in the beginning with, um, one, it, they explain what happened with Strangway a little bit more clearly in terms of, you know, what he was up to. Sure. They don't mention the um, messing with the rockets until the very end when Dr. No, it's like the last 75% of the book is where they get into it. And Dr. No basically gives this long monologue about how he that's his ultimate goal. Which is funny because that's a convention of later Bond films is yeah. the long monologue where they explain everything they're going to do because, and, well, you're not going to get out of here, so let me tell you what I'm going to do. And then you're able to stop him because yeah. he told you everything he's going to do. Sure. Until this point, Bond knew there was something deeper, yeah. but all he really knew on the surface was that it was about bird poop. <laughs> That's the, literally, it was about a rare species of bird, and they were able to mine the poop because it was good for fertilizer. And that's why that's why Dr. No was on this Crab Key Island. Um, but So that's a major difference. Yeah, Thank I know. You, and then the only other thing I'll mention, there's a, there were a lot, but I'm just going to mention one last thing. Yes, please. Um, you know everything about Dr. No from the beginning in terms of who he is. Not what he's up to, mm-hmm. but you know... His backstory. Yeah, and M basically gives... M has another man in the room who... Before James Bond even leaves, they they basically brief him and tell him exactly what's going on. There is no mystery work. Um, lighter doesn't exist in the book. Also, Quarrel, I think I pronounced his name correctly. Mm-hmm. Quarrel, Quarrel. Um, he already knew James Bond because James Bond had been to Jamaica before. So there was I'm no sure fight scene. Had. There was no scene with there was a scene with Taro, but he didn't sleep with her. And then the car chase scene did not happen with Bond. It happened with two other men who got killed mm-hmm. with the cyanide cigarettes. Oh, the cyanide yeah, cigarettes was 
was pretty cool. That I, was pretty I, cool. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think I've actually seen that before. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, now that I'm out of breath and we're done fighting, let me get a cigarette. Uh, sure, no problem. Oh, my God, he killed himself. Uh, what were you going to say, Alexa? Oh, I just... Um not to divert from the book, but I wanted to talk about the casting of yeah. James. Yeah, let's talk about the casting and then, yeah. A little, little, little behind the scenes. Please, uh, tell so us more. Sean Connery, 32 years old, was not the first uh, person considered for the role. In God, fact, he was 32, he almost was 32. 60 years ago. He was 32. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he looked older. Did he you guys, did, He actually. had like all these lines. Well, he, was, he was already losing his hair at that point. They yeah. considered Cary Grant for the role first. Would have guessed that because yes. they have the same type. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Grant would would have committed to one of the movies, oh, but no. not the yeah, slew. No, nobody's interested so in that. So he said, nope. Um, so actually there's this, um, not uh, it's a rumor, or not a rumor, but basically a lie, where they, it did happen. So basically what happened was they did this, uh, find James the, the James Bond, find a, an actor that will play James Bond. Uh, yeah, contest, basically. Uh, the contest did find six finalists, one chosen and screen tested. Uh, it was a 28-year-old model named Peter Anthony, who, according to Broccoli, had a Gregory Peck type of quality. Uh. But oh. proved unable to cope with the role, uh, so then that's when they uh, decided to uh, screen test Mr. Connery, uh, who honestly his whole story behind getting this role reminded me so much of Harrison Ford. Uh, his whole story behind, like just uh, you know becoming Indiana Jones, and then yeah. of course first being uh, Han Solo. Just he's this uh, he was this Scottish dude that was like uh, you know rough around the edges sure. and good with this. I mean, that's sexual nature sounding, but I mean, like, you I mean, know, just just like he's just this dude. He's this, this dude's dude. And <laughs> he wasn't as refined as they wanted uh, James to be. Uh, but he came in and he had this macho devil may care attitude. And actually the wife of uh, I forget the author of the book. Ian Fleming. The wife of Ian Fleming was the person to convince uh, Ian Fleming and the producers to put. Connery in the role. She's wow. like, you know what? He has a certain sex appeal and, and charm and a devil may care attitude. Let's make him bond. And uh, of course, you know, Sean did an amazing job. I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. He did come off, like, from the bonds that I've seen, he did come off as more uh, less calculated and more like, I'm just reacting, yeah. which is cool, in my opinion. And I think that's what. Um, I always forget his name. The, the current Bond, Daniel Craig. Daniel yeah. Craig. That's kind of like how he comes off to me, and more. And Pierce Brosnan is more like the calculated. Like <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen when it's going to happen. Yeah, Pierce thing. Brosnan is more from the Roger Moore mold. Right. You know, it's very. Yeah, it, I, I agree with that. Uh, you referenced uh, Albert Broccoli, and uh, Albert Broccoli and Harry Saltzman produced all of these films. Uh, I think up until The Man with the Golden Gun, unless there, it's the one after it. Uh, uh, I don't know if you had something on broccoli. I do. So um, when I was, what I was curious about is why they chose the sixth book of all the books to be the first one to film. And so when I did some research on it, um, they're, they're originally they were going to do Thunderball, um, but uh, they there was a lawsuit involving Thunderball. Plus, it was going to be more expensive to shoot, um, and this involved Broccoli and his decision. And so uh, this was actually from his um, autobiography where he was talking about it in his uh, autobiography When the Snow Melts from 98. But, um, they, yeah, they ended up choosing um, Dr. Dr. No, no because it was going to be one of the cheapest 
Bond films to make in terms of location and what it was going to cost them. So that's why they went with this. I mean, you only have to pay your villain for 20 minutes of screen time. (laughs) And I think that to me, the biggest shortcoming is the fact that it all happens so fast. It all just kind of feels anticlimactic, you know, the, the, you know, foiling the plans. And it's like, all he did is put on a hazmat suit and keep his head down. And, uh, (laughs) you know, but again, budget limitations will, will be what they are. I mean, you know, budget, budget limitations will sometimes take away from not it doesn't necessarily ruin a movie but sometimes you're like oh just imagine if they could have spent a little more on that i oh sorry i forgot to mention with the refining of uh sean connery um terrence young the director uh basically because the the author was like ah you know he looks like an overgrown stuntman like you know, just like this beast of a man. Uh, he's just Scott as well. So, yeah, sure. uh, wow, that's a problem. Sure. <laughs> the director took him and, and, and took him to like the high life in, in, in Britain and took him around to some of the best restaurants yeah. and stuff and and kind of schmoozed him a bit. And so got him ready for the role. Yeah. Interesting. What were you going to say, Rachel? Um, I was going to say, going back, just one more thing about the book. Um, yeah. When we were talking about the movie and saying how it felt like it really rushed to the end, that's one thing I felt like the book had the luxury of is it takes more time in between the different scenes. Yeah. Um, and so we have weeks passing by. This did not just occur in a couple of days until the very end. And when you get to the end, you know, obviously with the movie, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, he rushes in and stops everybody. In the book, he goes through an obstacle course that Dr. No makes him endure. Sweet. Um, and and it just it basically lasts for, you know, maybe a good 15% of the book. Wow. So this whole ending, I felt like it really played out better in the book. Yeah, no, I can see it being more satisfying yeah. again, budget limitations. Yeah, and, yeah, of course. Non-existent uh, in yeah. the book. We do get a lot of the conventions of Bond that we see in the later films. You know, uh, there's reference made to Spectre, which, of course, is not introduced until later books I had read. It's not actually – I don't even know if it's in this book. It's not in the first couple. I don't know if – did they talk about Spectre? They talk about it in yeah, this, yeah. But it's not, it's, not in, you know, it's not in the first book. It's sort of is, it is a newer concept. And, uh, you know, obviously we introduce the Bond girl with the funny name that's something that uh, you know we still tend to get uh, I did think it was interesting that at no time do we get the phrase shaken not stirred we have ah. it's mixed not stirred yes, so someone tells him later. but he doesn't ask for it they just know what he likes and I was like oh that's funny that that's actually not in this and we talked about how we get the theme and uh, did you, know. you guys know that um, Sean Connery was offered Gandalf in Lord of the Rings <laughs> and turned it down <laughs> no he, I didn't know that he turned it down because he, he didn't understand the script <laughs> Just didn't get it. Oh, and also, looks older than he is. Like. And also, he was offered the role as uh, the architect in the Matrix and uh, turned it down he, for similar he reasons. Doesn't, uh, which I can understand not really understanding the Matrix, but yeah. Lord of the Rings. It's, like, it's just this a, it's is like, pretty self. It's just play a wizard. I mean, you were in Highlander. I mean, you know, yeah. but he he really doesn't do much anymore. You know, no, he's I mean, I retired. The, yeah. uh, I think the yeah the last film that he really did was uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that's two thousand three. He was yeah. in the Avengers. I remember seeing him. Right? The first Avengers movie? No. What? No, he's not. I thought he was. He's not in the Avengers movie. Sean Connery? No, I mean, I've got his uh, IMDb right here. Really? uh, Oh, dang it. I thought he was. No. no. uh, There's a guy who looks like him, but it's... So he's in the the Avengers... You know, the the Avengers you're talking about is the one based on the TV series. Oh, you're talking about the one based on the TV series. So I thought you were talking... 1998 film. So when you say the Avengers, what do you think I'm thinking of? Yes, I'm correct. No, no, no. But when you say the Avengers, what movie do you think I'm thinking of? 
I don't know. What are you? The Avengers. Oh. The real Avengers. <laughs> oh, okay. With Captain America and <laughs> Iron Man. Yes, he was in the 1998 Avengers. Oh, okay, yes. But so the I... last movie he was in was Fine. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. With so Uma Thurman. I, I for, yeah, I forgot about those Avengers. You're welcome. I'm talking about the real <laughs> Avengers. Wikipedia says, not to be confused with the 2012 <laughs> film. I believe that that film, the 2012 film in is... the UK, is released as Avengers Assemble because people didn't want it to be confused with that property which is actually huge there. Uh, or maybe that's just the way they advertised it. But No, it says the we, Avengers. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've uh, only got uh, under a minute, so we have to get to our point. <laughs> does it We didn't hold have enough up? to talk about No, we didn't. Uh, does it hold up, Rachel? I say yes. Um, I, I still thought it was a really well shot and well done movie. The acting was on point. I enjoyed the storyline, even if I'm just going off the movie. So yeah, yeah. I would watch this movie in theaters today. Alexa? Hmm, Alexa. Yeah, I was just like, wait, I already um, asked Rachel. So I think, it, I mean, most of the James Bond films are problematic in terms of sexism. Sure. Uh, I think they've gotten better over time, but this one, of course, being the first, or. It's a little I mean, iffy. it's definitely a product of its era, yes. but that's still the point. Does yes. it hold up? Um, I think people would go to the theaters and see it and be a little you know squicked out about yeah. certain things but I think on a whole this movie's a lot of fun and it does hold it, up it, it is fun I think he holds up as Bond in oh, this film yes. I think that there's there's no doubt about and I think that I think that we maybe expect more from our, our even just our Bond stories at this point and the fact that it does feel all so rushed at the end mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I would say it holds up but it it almost comes apart for me towards mm-hmm, the end, you mm-hmm. know. But I still think you know it's it's got it's got the fun ending and it's like ah Jack Lord comes around. All right, yeah, I'm and happy. Sean Connery's sexy, yeah, so it's so. fine. <laughs> and they end up in the boat together. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, that is our time for this week. Uh, next week, I believe we have our tie-in. Sort of a tie into Milan, not really, but it inspired us to pick an Akira Kurosawa film, so yes. we're going to do The Hidden Fortress. And then we have uh, a lot of films still yet to choose for the weeks thereafter, because this is the only James Bond film we're doing. We were going to do a bunch and lead up into the new movie, but now that's not till November. And then Corona happened. And then Corona <laughs> happened. But uh, that's all the time we have for now. Rachel, where do people keep in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. If you're a fan of Outlander, Stumped Town, curb your enthusiasm. Sometimes Picard. You can find me on all of those shows. Or and on uh, Alexa Capiello, where's your author page? Oh, I don't have one yet. Oh, not but yet. You can find me at Cappy Alexa Cappy on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And uh, all Thursdays uh, here, not here, but over on AfterBuzz TV for the Star Trek Picard After Show. And then over here at One Pacific for Marvel Movie News. Uh, We will see you next week for The Hidden Fortress. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you then. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.